Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School. Here, you'll get fresh insight from the people at the very top of the tech companies who make the products we love. Remember, you can learn product management live online. Visit productschool.com to discover our new certificate path. There, you can also join the world's largest community of PMs and network with the leaders from these podcasts at our online events. There's something happening almost every day. Hi, everyone. I'm Jay, and I'm a product manager at Google. Thank you to Product School for having me today. I'm also the founder of Mindful New York, an organization helping curious individuals learn more about mindfulness. A special thank you to the groups who have inspired the content that I'm gonna share with you today. In particular, I'd like to thank the mindfulness organization at Google and 10% Happier. Today, we're gonna to talk about why I care about mindfulness, the definition of mindfulness and the impacts that it can have on your life and how to practice mindfulness. And my goal is that you can find one thing that you can use in your life. I've been at Google for six years and I've had the opportunity to work on a bunch of fun projects. I've worked on features and launches across YouTube, Google Lens, Daydream, Google Shopping, and Area 120. Area 120 is Google's in-house startup incubator. And it lets Googlers from across the company flex their entrepreneurial and creative spirits to build new products. I and two other PMs were in the first class of Area 120, and we worked on a virtual reality advertising product. At the end of six months, it was time for us to check in with our partners and give them an update on what we had accomplished. The stakes were high for this presentation. If we succeeded, we would be green-lighted to continue working on it. And if we failed, the project would be shut down. This is a photo of us after that presentation. And what you don't see behind that smile is someone who has just had the most embarrassing moment of their life. In the middle of my portion of the presentation, I froze. I got distracted. I forgot my content. I rushed to finish and I skipped most of what I needed to say. It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my career. I felt like I was at the three-point line of a big game and I missed my shot. The review ended up being successful, but I immediately wanted to work on what I could do to prevent that from happening again and to be more impactful and keep my edge at work. That day I happened to be presenting to executives but as PMs, we're asked to do diverse and demanding jobs. We need to make high impact decisions each day and we need to remain creative and forward thinking while executing on the current plan. I think we're mental athletes and just like all athletes, we need to train. I got in touch with leaders that I respected inside and outside of Google to hear what they do to maintain their skills. And I heard one thing over and over again, and that was mindfulness. And intuitively, this makes a lot of sense. The mind is the basis for how we interpret every interaction and begin every action. Mindfulness has had a bigger impact on me than I ever could have hoped for inside and outside of work. I've seen it lower my stress, increase my productivity, improve my relationships and my decision-making, 
and even bump up my happiness a bit. But what is mindfulness? The breaking news is that oftentimes our bodies are in one place, but our minds are in another. Imagine that you're in a car on the highway. You're listening to some tunes and you're thinking about what you're gonna make for dinner that night. You get to the exit you need to take to get home and you completely blow by it. This has definitely happened to me before. Maybe it's happened to you too. Our minds get on autopilot. And autopilot is useful sometimes. There's a reason that we've evolved this skill. But as PMs, we're asked to do creative jobs and we need to be present in order to be productive. If we're on autopilot, there can be negative impacts. We're, we're often more reactive. We can become distracted from the priorities that are going to move the needle on our work. And we fall into habitual patterns of thinking. Instead, our goal is to be proactive, to solve for the future, to be focused on what's going to make a difference for our projects and our users, and to be creative. The question becomes, how do you get off of autopilot? And the answer is by coming back to the present moment. And that's the definition of mindfulness. Noticing what's occurring around you and in your head without judgment. Mindfulness is all about building familiarization with the present moment. We can do that with the body, noticing the breath or sensations like hot and cold. We can do that in the mind. Hopefully I'm not the only one with an inner voice up there. And we can also do that with surroundings, sounds, sights, and smells. We're training our attention using our senses and our perception. Some of the things we notice will be positive and some will be negative, and that's okay. The goal is to build distance and objectivity and not get swept away by these thoughts. There is an analogy that I love, which is that our thoughts are a train and our goal is to get off the train and be able to watch them go by. In order to do this successfully, we need to approach each moment of mindfulness with curiosity, kindness, and appreciation. These aren't words that you're gonna hear every day at work, but they're key to developing a healthy, sustained practice and by building that objectivity that we spoke about earlier. Autopilot for PMs means working on whatever to-do or email happens to come next. Mindfulness for PMs, on the other hand, means focusing on the present and actively deciding where you're investing your time and your attention. It means bringing awareness and intention to each and every moment. If we're able to do this successfully, we'll see a lot of positive impacts. If we can shine the light of awareness on the present moment, we'll often be more open-minded, we'll be more collaborative, and we'll be open to opportunities. If we're PMing on autopilot, we may spend a lot of time doing unproductive worrying about the future or ruminating on things that have already occurred. That's time and energy that could be spent in the present moment solving our problems and helping users. After a few years of practicing mindfulness, I've seen it touch every facet of my life and my career. 
but I've seen it impact a couple of areas in my core job that I think will be interesting to you. First is prioritization. And second is the ability to focus on those priorities. I found that my ability to effectively prioritize and then check in that I've lived by those priorities has been greatly improved by practicing mindfulness. As a product manager, we're constantly asked to weigh impactful work with more urgent work and requests. You've probably seen this chart before. And as PMs, we want to focus on the things in the upper left-hand quadrant, stuff that is impactful and is going to move the needle for our projects. But this doesn't always happen. In fact, for me, there's some weeks where it rarely happens. If you think back to your last week, do you know how you spent your time? Are you aware of how much time you're dedicating to different categories of work? If not, checking in throughout the day and throughout the week and confirming that you're living by the priorities that you've set can be a fantastic tool to building the muscle of deliberately working on things that you care about. The way that I do this is called eat your frog. And it comes from a quote by Mark Twain. If it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the bigger one first. This means that we need to take on the toughest challenges before we move on to other things, work on the most impactful things, no matter how difficult they may be. The way that I apply this is by writing down the top three ways that I can have impact in the morning. And this is a fantastic way to flex the muscle of attention. Once we've set those priorities, we can then focus on number two, focus. And this is another skill that's been heightened by mindfulness. I've been able to retain my focus longer and more importantly, notice when I've lost focus. As technology workers, we check our email a ton. And one study has found that the average worker checks their email over 60 times a day. I think I'm guilty of this. I constantly keep a tab open where I'm waiting for the next email to come in so I can quickly respond and archive it. And our minds are actually hardwired to get distracted. Every time we do this, we get a hit of dopamine and that keeps us searching for the next email. Instead, what I've tried to do is pick a focus area and work on that focus area. And eventually I get distracted and it's going to happen every time, no matter what. But the key is part number three, becoming aware of that distraction and then making the decision if I want to reorient my focus back to the important thing that I was working on. This is something that we can do over and over again throughout the day using those eat your frog priorities that we talked about earlier but we're not perfect. We're going to get distracted. And according to Harvard, people are lost in thought almost half of the time. We're constantly thinking about the past or planning for the future. And sometimes this is productive. You might be doing a pre-mortem that's helping you plan for a launch and make sure that you're doing what you can to prevent failures. Or you might be doing a retrospective where you're discussing how your team has performed for the past couple of months and making sure that you're learning from those experiences so that you can improve your team. But a lot of times these thoughts aren't useful or they become less useful over time. 
I've found that when I'm thinking back to a mistake I've made or something I've done, the first few times that I think about it, I'm gaining some utility from that thought. But by the 20th, 30th, or maybe sometimes 40th time that I've had a thought, I'm no longer driving a lot of usefulness out of that. But there's a simple tool that you can use to help break this pattern. And it's by asking a question, is this thought useful? This is something that I learned from Joseph Goldstein, a respected mindfulness teacher. And I find it to be a powerful tool to use when I find myself stuck on a thought, ruminating on something that's already occurred or worrying about something that hasn't yet happened. This can help us get off of the train and onto the platform and view those thoughts objectively. We've discussed a couple of ways of implying mindfulness to our jobs and how it might have impacts, but how do we build a holistic mindfulness practice that's going to impact everything that we do and how we work? There are two ways to build up a mindfulness practice. One is in the moment mindfulness, and a second is at the gym mindfulness. And this is a framework that we taught at Google that I absolutely love. First, let's dive into in the moment mindfulness. This can be used anytime, anywhere. You don't need anything. You can consider this a mini retreat to check in with yourself and come back to the present moment. And by coming back to the present moment, you can decide actively what you wanna do next. This is Viktor Frankl, and he's the author of a powerful book that I suggest you read called A Man's Search for Meaning. And he has a quote that I appreciate, which has to do with in the moment mindfulness. And that's between a stimulus and response, there is a space. And that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Imagine that someone's cut you off in traffic. You might notice that your heartbeat speeds up a little bit or you get a little bit hot. There's a reaction that we can't control. But what happens next? We often become angry. What we can do instead is build in some in the moment mindfulness and respond rather than react. We want to build the space between the stimulus and the response. And mindfulness is what can create that space. And you can replace getting caught off in traffic with, any, with anything that has happened to upset you or impact you strongly inside or outside of work. This is a tool that you can use anytime, anywhere. And it's incredibly simple. First, stop. Take three deep breaths. And then notice what you feel. It might just be the temperature of the breath or it might be some underlying emotions, stress, tension, or calm, happiness. And then choose how you want to respond. Respond rather than react. Take all of the information and choose intentionally what you want to do next. Here are a few ways that you can use in the moment mindfulness at work. And I like a couple of these in particular. Uh, the first bullet here, I think has saved my job a couple of times at Google. Take a moment before hitting send on a difficult email. Another one that I love here is mindful listening. Oftentimes, almost all of the time when we're having a conversation, instead of staying focused on the speaker's content and why they're saying what they're saying, 
we're thinking about how we're going to respond. The next time you're having a conversation, just listen. Listen deeply, mindful listen. The next category of mindfulness is at the gym mindfulness. And I love this analogy because it's so accurate. And it's accurate because the brain is a muscle. And just like all muscles, the brain changes as you use it. We're actually rewiring our brain by training the muscles of attention. And scientists have shown that as we become aware of distractions and reorient our attention, different parts of the brain are lighting up. In fact, one study showed that after eight weeks of mindfulness training, they could actually see physical changes in the brain. This isn't something that we're just thinking about. This has been proven to change the way our brains work. So how do we practice at the gym mindfulness? There are a few different ways, and the most popular is daily meditation. Daily meditation may sound imposing for someone who hasn't done it before, but it's actually incredibly simple. Similarly to what we discussed before, you find a point of focus. Instead of your work priorities in this case, it's probably your breath, but it could also be a sound or a sight. Then inevitably you will get distracted and that's completely okay. Simply become aware of that distraction and reorient yourself back to the point of focus. There's a misconception with meditation that I wanna clear up. And that's that the point of meditation is to clear our minds. And that is absolutely not the case. The point of meditation is to notice whatever is happening without judgment. If we're able to train the attention to come back to the present moment, then we're doing meditation right. And we rinse and repeat this as much as we can in order to build those muscles. A second way that I've found of practicing mindfulness is by setting my priorities and then trying to live by the, those priorities by investing my time effectively. Anytime that I notice I've gotten distracted is a chance for me to come back to the present moment. I do this by eating my frog, AKA setting my top priorities of the day, but you might have another system that works well for you. The important thing is that you're focusing on what can drive the most impact rather than what happens to be most urgent that day. And every time you get distracted, which will happen, just come back to the present moment. A third category of practicing mindfulness is what I call product time. And this is dedicated open time on my calendar to think, reflect, and proactively engage with the projects that I'm working on. Often as PMs, we're jumping from meeting to meeting, problem to problem, and we don't get to sit in the awareness of what is happening with our projects, why they exist, what problems we're trying to solve, changes external to our projects and what we can do about it. Having dedicated product time is a fantastic way to get off the, the autopilot of jumping from meeting to meeting and problem to problem and thinking more deeply and getting in touch with how you're approaching your project. Lastly is a journal. And this might sound weird to some of you, but a journal is actually a form of meditation as well. It's a way to check in with how you're feeling, how you're doing, and you can ask really important questions. Like what is your inner voice saying today? Where did I spend my time well this week? Where did I waste time? And by checking in with these things, you'll be more aware of them the next time they happen in real time. Anytime we take on a new habit like this, 
there's always one thought that occurs to everyone. And this is something that definitely happened to me. And that's, I don't have the time. This, along with a few other challenges, can keep people from investing in mindfulness. There's a few myths that I'd like to dispel. First is, I'm not good at it, or it shouldn't be this hard. If you're attempting to focus on something, then you're doing it correctly. You will get distracted and that's okay. The point is to continually come back to the present moment. Sometimes I only last a few seconds before I get distracted by some thought. And this should be challenging. If you go to the gym and you don't sweat, then you're not doing it right. And mindfulness is the same way. No one ever sat down to meditate and stayed focused until they stopped. The second challenge is I don't have the time. This is something that I definitely thought when I started and it took me a while before I could build the habit. I would encourage you to think about this a little bit differently. Instead of thinking about this as time taken away from your other priorities, think about this as the 1% of your time each day that's going to improve the other 99%. Also, start small. Even a minute a day can make a big difference and you can build up to three, five, or even 10 minutes one day. Also be sure to record because we only improve what we measure. When I started meditating, I found out that the CEO of Slack and Twitter, Jack Dorsey, spent as much as 60 minutes each day meditating. <laughs> this like blew my mind, but it made the three minutes that I was attempting to do seem much more manageable. And eventually I was able to get over the hump. I made sure that I was doing this daily-ish, not trying to be perfect and getting back into it whenever I fell off. The last challenge is the thought that it won't work. But scientists have proven that if you spend time doing a mindfulness practice such as meditation, it will have a positive impact on your life. There are dozens, hundreds, thousands of studies that have shown that mindfulness is a positive thing. And there are more and more studies coming out every year. I'll leave you with a few principles. First, take time to meditate daily. This is a key principle to being a mindful product manager. This is building the muscle of attention so that we can apply it day to day in between meetings or in important situations where we need to be making clear decisions. Second and relatedly is find small opportunities of in the moment mindfulness to come back to the present moment. That might be in between meetings before you context switch, or that might be something similar to what I do when I used to get in the elevator and check in with myself. A third principle is to think impact first and to check in to make sure you're living by those priorities. We often set priorities, but we don't do that second step. And that second step is important to building the muscle of attention and coming back to the present moment. Whenever I'm working on something important, like a presentation for product school, and I get distracted, I can notice that distraction and then decide whether I want to go down that path of action or whether I wanna come back to the thing that I wanted to focus on originally. And distractions will happen. The key is noticing the distraction and coming back. Don't beat yourself up because you're not perfect. Nobody is. Lastly, use the tool of questioning yourself. Is this thought useful? Whenever you get carried away by something, ask that question. And if you're not gaining any utility of that thought, try to come back to the present moment. 
And if something big occurs, whether it's getting cut off in traffic or something that's occurred at work, remember to ask yourself, am I building space between a stimulus and the response? The more space that you can build in, the more intentionally you can respond to whatever's occurring. Lastly, I'd like to say that these are challenging times for many of us. Before we can take care of our teams, our users, our projects, we need to take care of ourselves. I hope that you found something in this presentation that you can use to live a little bit more mindfully and help yourself help others. Thank you so much for the time. My name is Jay. My passion is spreading mindfulness. You can email me at j at mindfulny.co or you can find me on LinkedIn. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the product podcast. If you liked this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.